Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Shula Newman. It's been one year since Teddy Washington and a group of other incoming Washington University freshmen had been stopped by police and accused of not paying their bills at an IHOP in Clayton. After they were confronted, the students voluntarily returned to the restaurant, where the restaurant employees immediately cleared the students. But due to the incident of racial profiling, Teddy and his parents filed a formal formal complaint with Clayton Police. The controversy drew local and national media coverage. Teddy joins us in studio today to talk about how that experience impacted his life. He's here alongside his mother, Denise Washington. Also joining us is Richard Weiss, who writes about the incident as part of a series called Before Ferguson, Beyond Ferguson. It's a reporting project produced in partnership with the Pulitzer Center. Thank you all for coming on air today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to start with Dick um, to ask you the overall question. Can you tell us about this series, um, what's about... What, sure. How did it get started? Uh, well, in the wake of Ferguson uh, five years ago, um, uh, a group of us uh, decided that we wanted to do uh, storytelling around racial equity issues. And we felt like um, that not enough had been done to help people understand how uh, families of color look at the world, how racists lived every day in our um uh, community. So we went about finding families where we could tell the story, and we wanted to tell the story not just about today, but going back generations of how difficult and challenging it is for families of color to get their purchase on the American dream. So to fast forward, um, I found the Washingtons um, as a result of that IHOP incident and um, got to know them, spent essentially a year. Uh, they welcomed me into their family, and I got to learn a lot about these folks who, um, across generations, have been drum majors for social justice in lots of ways, and the IHOP incident just being the latest. Right, incident. So let's talk a little bit about that incident. Teddy, you okay. became the public face of this incident where the Clayton police walked up to you and uh-huh. accused you of this. I want to know, first of all, how are you doing today? Doing good. Doing yeah. good. 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 You finished your freshman year? I have. I okay. have. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, so um, I wanna, I'm going to ask you if you could reflect on, on that evening, on that night, um, like how you felt at the time and how you processed it at the time. Gotcha. Um, the word I use is kind of uh, a shock. So a lot of the times, especially, so I went to St. Louis University High School. So I've, I've studied like uh, racial injustice and I know uh, the statistics on inequality and how police approach black men, uh, especially. So I wasn't surprised, but this was the first time that it, it ever really happened in reality. So it was a, there's there's that kind of uh, adrenaline rush that kind of happens when you get stopped because it's, it's kind of frightening. So that's how I explain it because I'm not, uh, it's not, for, it's not a foreign subject. So I'd say shocked mm-hmm. initially. And then over the past 11 months, as you process, actually coming up on 12 months, um, yeah. how has that changed? How has that process changed? Um, it's really, uh, it's made me keen, more aware, not not that I wasn't, I wasn't aware before, but it's made me more aware of how often things like this happen, especially in how, um, how broad the people can be that this happens to, because I feel like that was the last thing that I thought was going to happen at a camp at WashU, mm-hmm. about to be a freshman. So those things make me, one, want to do things like this and talk more because I feel like you can kind of get in a bubble in a sense where you think that you read about these things, but they're not going to happen to you. So those things make me want to talk more to make sure that this is, it's moving in the right direction and people 
can hear stories like this and realize that we need to do something to fix these things. Keep it in the forefront of people's minds. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Denise, for you, um, that evening, you know, what when you first heard about this, what was your initial reaction? Um, surprise. And you say that evening, we didn't find out about it that evening. Oh, good point. So it was like in the morning, wasn't it? <laughs> it wasn't yeah. even the next day. So, our, so Teddy actually notified the school, and I'm thankful that he did. He knew to contact one of the deans at WashU's campus. Um, I think initially he was concerned about telling us because maybe we would go too far, perhaps. <laughs> Being protective <laughs> maybe parents. We did, right, yeah. exactly. So so when we did learn out, we learned about it. We learned about it from um, a WashU dean. We got an email about an incident that occurred that they assumed we already knew of. And so when we got the email, uh, we, we, we were like, what's going on? So we just immediately called Teddy. So, so we were shocked, but for another reason. But once we realized what happened, I, I think, again, we just tried to, we spent a deal of time trying to get our arms around what happened, how could this have happened, why is this happening now, and, and, and what exactly should we do about it, and making sure we weren't overreacting, but were um, doing exactly what the situation called for, which I think in this case was to file a formal complaint. Right. I was going to ask about that, because, I mean, you're dealing with, you know, the, I would imagine anger, you know, and fear. Um, but also you want to do something. So why was filing a police report, a police complaint, the right thing to do? Um, well, and I think when you say anger, what I was, I was angry and frustrated about is that my kid had to deal with this, right. period. And um, so when we were talking to friends and we were talking to friends that were attorneys and um, judges, I was trying to get a sense for if they really felt like their um, were we were we overstepping? Are we immediately going to you? The police were wrong. Did did this seem like this could be legitimate? Um, so we called out to all the right people, and I think at the end of the day, they agreed with us that this it could have been done better. And um, so we wanted to go to the police department and just to have a conversation. I think they were so shocked that somebody showed up to talk about this at all, um, and that knowing with police and our family that the best way to approach this and and ensure it's documented some way. Um, that that would necessitate a formal complaint. So when you went and met with the police, what was that conversation like? Teddy, you were there too, I assume. Yeah. yeah. So one, it, it kind of brought being out. So, okay. So initially in this situation, everyone's like, I guess the officer, he's trying to figure out, did we actually dine and dash and what kind of people we are? Right. And I'm looking at him like, why is this guy stopping me? What kind of, what kind of, what does this person have in mind? Like what's going through his mind? So when we got to the, the, um, I guess it was a long table. So we're looking at, I'm looking at the officer that I've only known from stopping me at one o'clock in the morning and making us go back and surrounding us. But then talking to them, it makes, it made one him realize who I am and what I was doing and who, like what, what my family is, what my friends were doing. So it made each of us understand, like we're generally good people. So that was a crazy transformation. So being in the table and me not being angry like I walked in like I was frustrated you know because this was the guy that stopped me and everything this is so everything that's happened but walking there it was it was really cool to see one him looking at me without this kind of I guess uh not like interrogating but it's, it's, it, was, it, was, it was there was a change of emotion mm -hmm. which was I thought was exactly what I wanted to have happen afterwards so is that it, was is really this the cool. police chief yeah. you're talking about the police chief and the the officer that responded as well were there. So like, I forget his name, but he was sitting there, the chief was there, 
and they were both it was it was it was great to see us being able to talk and what, did you, what did you talk through? What, what, what and I was just going to say, just to provide just a little bit of context. So all of these things were kind of happening in separate silos before it kind of converged. So Teddy was a part of this program. And so when we went to file the complaint, he didn't know we were filing the complaint. I mean, we were, my husband and I were doing this separate. Teddy was still a part of this program. Wash you got involved. And so different people were functioning in different parts and pieces. So what Teddy is speaking about is the fact that WashU arranged to have the chief of police and the Clayton City manager and one of the responding officers and several of WashU deans participate in a meeting with students who were willing to um, show their face and speak about the situation. So that's what he's speaking to, uh, which was was separate from me and my husband filing the complaint previously. And did you also go to talk with the police to talk it through or that was just part part of of that meeting? Yeah. We did end up and it was interesting because it was probably on that morning when kind of things converged. My husband and I were functioning outside of this. We we spoke with the with the uh, an officer, a lieutenant. At one point we spoke to the chief. We were scheduled to have a meeting that morning, not knowing that this he was meeting with Washu. And I think he was still trying to feel us out and, and we were doing the same. Um, and when we learned that morning that they were meeting, we decided, well, we'll just go to that. We can cancel the other meeting. And um, um, I say by God's grace, I, I, I think it worked out. I mean, I, I always use the word that Chief Murphy used, and he said that um, it was a transformational experience for him. In the way that Teddy was trying to explain, you could, you could, I felt like you could literally see him and one of the responding officers come to understand how we feel about these boys. And so that I think we heard one of the previous people saying, sometimes they don't see our boys as boys who are just starting college. They maybe they do see them as thugs, but I think, or, or whatever, but they don't see them the way we do. And I, and as they told their stories as part of this meeting, um, you could, I could literally see in their eyes, they were, they were seeing them for the, for the young boys and the experience that they were having. And, um, how this impacted them in a way that they would never want to happen to their children, and and Chief Murphy even expressed to his grandchildren especially. And this could be a actually a transformational experience for the community as well mm-hmm. because it was made public. Nobody was really interested in the beginning of talking about it publicly. Yeah. Neither Washington University, City of Clayton, uh, you guys were uh, you know not going running to the press. It was somebody right. at Washington University who asked you if she could, right. and uh, Shanti Parikh, an uh, uh, anthropology professor, tenured. Yes. Also and, a board uh, member of St. Louis Public Radio. Is that right? Okay. Full, full disclosure. <laughs> full disclosure, yeah. And a lot of people think that, oh, when you go public, it becomes polarizing. When you protest, it, it's polarizing. But actually, people were led to a high degree of empathy for one another, and Clayton is about to roll out a new community policing plan as a result. Yeah, if you're, I was um, going to ask you about that actually, but I want to take a moment just to let everybody know that if you are just joining us, I'm talking with Teddy Washington. He's one of 10 WashU students who were racially profiled in Clayton a year ago this month. Also joining us in studio are his mother, Denise Washington, as well as Richard Weiss, who writes about the incident as part of a series called Before Ferguson, Beyond Ferguson. Um, so the police have made some changes. Uh, they've implemented some programs. Dick, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, little? they, uh, we don't yet know uh, what those changes are. They have a plan, and they have told us any day now they are going to reveal it. 
and so it'll be interesting uh, be interesting to see what the Washingtons uh, think of it and uh, others but I can tell you uh, they, they hired at a cost of $158,000 a very credible organization that has helped other uh, communities uh, reorient their uh, policing and so I think people can be hopeful about it but we don't know the details yet Hmm, very good. Um, I am curious to keep on top of that story. That's for sure. Um, I'm wondering, though, earlier we were in the previous segment, we talked about the talk. Um, and surely, Denise, you had had that talk with your children, both with Teddy and your daughter as well. Um, what was what, what kind of things did you say? Was it exactly like what we had discussed in the previous segment? Um, yeah, I think they hit on a lot of good topics. I really liked um, when the one woman talked about um, siphoning off their childhood or, or youth. And so my husband and I, that was a big, big thing for us. And so while on the one hand, um, and, and the other said that the conversation just goes on perpetually, right? So on the one hand, you want them to be aware that these things happen, but you don't want to make them so fearful or bitter or scared or angry. And so there's always been this balancing act. And so I'd say to the point when Teddy started driving, I think he thought it was foolish of us that we made such a big deal that we wanted his slew sticker in the back of the car and we wanted his um, St. Louis University license plate holder on the car immediately. And I do mean immediately. Um, and I don't think he thought it was it was important at all, but to us it's, it was very important and it remains on there until we shift to Wash U. <laughs> but it will certainly say something. Um, and so, yeah, we, we definitely had these talks, but we probably had them in different ways. And I, I imagine it goes differently in different homes. But the key point is to understand that you have to think about things in a different way right. than your friends do. So, Teddy, did were your parents' words echoing in your ears that evening? Or did you feel like, oh, gosh, mom and dad were right? So, yeah. So um, those conversations that happened that my mom was talking about was right when I was driving. So that was my junior year. And we're talking about the summer before um, college. So in that moment, I was realizing that one, they had made me aware of these things. Like after them, they had made me aware of these things. I then at SLU started reading different statistics. I would read like Du Bois and I'd read Tanasi Coates and I'd read all these things that they give different facts and different ways of approaching being black in America. So when things like that happened, I knew the gravity of the situation. Like I've seen Michael Brown, but I've also seen things where this can be, I, I know what could happen, but I also know how I need to act in order to make sure it goes positively. So I need to make sure I, I stay calm, even if the officers aren't calm. The officers weren't very aggressive, but it wasn't a, a, a friendly conversation. So I knew how important it was to stay poised and make sure that we're, there's also 10 of us. So like making sure everyone else is not, you know, but like, everyone did great because we were all, we're all, I guess, poised, you know, college students. We're not adults yet, but, you know, everyone knew the gravity of the situation. Right. I want to ask another question. Um, in the article that, that Dick wrote about you, um, he talks about your college essay and about how, uh, you know, you embrace talking to crowds. You want to stand out. You're, I guess, a baseball pitcher. Is that correct? Yeah, and love pitching, talking in front of crowds. Um, and I'm just talking about where, where does that drive come from and how does it relate to what you've experienced over the past year um a lot of it, it has to be i guess genetic i don't know this is like <laughs> you know there weren't specific moments that i can point to but i've always 
want I always looked at at least the world as not I don't like looking at the world as this is what it is so I don't like looking at like guess black people we have had these interactions with the police in the past and this is how we have to act I will always stay conscious of and always know the gravity of these interactions with police but I don't want it to be this is how it's always going to be so that's how I try to act and that's I don't know. I don't know. So I, that can come with pitching too. Like I, I, I want to have the ball, you know, I want to, I want to, you know, I want to try to, try to steer whatever I can in a direction that I think is positive. So those things that happen, I think, yeah. So I, at least if that kind of makes sense. It makes sense. It sounds <laughs> like you're, you're using, you're using that drive and that sort of intrinsic personal uh, quality that you have to help further the conversation based on this experience. Absolutely. There's a little anecdote I have to share. It's, it's almost metaphorical. Teddy didn't get to play a whole lot uh, freshman year at Washington U, but they brought him in the bottom of the ninth inning with the bases loaded. Oh. And he got out of the jam. Hey. And so <laughs> at that IHOP incident, bottom of the ninth, Bases loaded, got out of the jam. <laughs> <Nice, nice. laughs> cool. Um, we, we have a caller, Alan from St. Louis, who can't get to uh, the understanding um, is that, that it wasn't racial profiling, what happened to you, Teddy, because the police were, res- were responding to a call from the restaurant. Do people have a misunderstanding about the facts that was happened, about the facts that happened? Um, so th- how I respond to that is, um, one, We've had in my family. There's we have a ton of police. So, like Chief Henderson and Dan Isom, they're close friends, and a lot of your my, uncle. Yeah, my uncle. Yeah, my uncle. Yeah, oh. he's my uncle. Yeah. <laughs> so those are both St. Louis City chiefs, chiefs of police. Yeah. Yeah. So having those people in my life and and loving them, I feel like we understand how one how dangerous being a police officer is, and two, the amount of courage that it takes to be a police officer. So I some things that's why so many people aren't police officers and why there are so few of them. But I think there's always room to improve. And I feel like anyone that wants to make this world a better place or make themselves better, you always have to look, there's a way to approach situations better. So when police, you get a call from the restaurant given IHOP, that's something like 45 dine and dashes. So the police respond to these things and they're, they haven't, they've done this hundreds to tens of times. So when you respond to those things, there has to be some sort of way to approach in a, okay. When you go ahead, I just okay. want you to finish, but we are running very short on time. Okay. So to, uh, to just to approach in a way that, uh, that gives room for someone to be innocent. I feel like you guys have to do your job. You have to find the criminal or the culprit, but there should be a way of approaching in a non-inflammatory way. There should be a, a, a neutral approach. Correct. Thank you. I'm so sorry to have to okay. cut this short. Another wonderful conversation. I want to thank our guests, Teddy and Denise Washington, alongside um, Dick Weiss for joining us today. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU.